Hi, and welcome to another Kirky Free Sermons podcast. We hope that our sermons help you further your understanding of the Word of God and guide you into your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether you're tuning in on podcast or radio, we're glad that you're here today. Let's jump into this week's message. The Comforter has come, God's promise, and we're going to look at a fair amount of Acts chapter 2 today. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 as we start. And then the day of Pentecost had come, and they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rush wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under the heavens. And when they saw the, this occur, and, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were bewildered because they were each one hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying, Why are not all of these speaking Galileans? And when they, and when, and now it is that we each hear, them in our own language to which we were born. The Parthenians, the Medans, you know, the whole list there. I'm not going to try and massacre their names. Uh, But then we get into verse 11. We hear them with our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they continued in amazement with great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. Father, we thank you. I thank you that I don't have to stand up here alone. And Lord, when I try and do it alone, that is wrong. But your Holy Spirit comes. Your Holy Spirit comes through your word into our hearts and minds, revealing and pointing us to Jesus. And as we pause today, help us to appreciate what you have done for us, and in a way more than we appreciate those who have given their lives for us in our country. Both are a foundation of what we have here today. One physical, and another eternal. And we cannot really have words good enough to express our response to what we have. So I thank you, Lord, for sending your Spirit into our midst here now this morning for our lives for tomorrow, for the future. Because the Comforter has come and continues to come. In the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, through the presence of the God the Father, we thank you. Amen. The apostles were ready and waiting. 
They were ready and waiting for what Jesus had said was to come to help them and to guide them and to be there for them. And I would say that even today it should be no different. Are we ready and are we waiting for God to be present in our life and in your life, to touch you, to guide you, to energize you, to encourage you, to be a man or a woman of faith? I think that's what this is all about as we look back. And how the church was moved as, as, as all of this happened. And so it comes. There's a noise. There's a noise. Something maybe compared to, well, a rushing wind. But all of a sudden this noise comes. And it's not a quiet noise because it's a noise that's heard throughout the community throughout Jerusalem, where thousands have gathered for, for the historical part of Pentecost in the celebration of the harvest, the wheat harvest, uh, 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 something that the Jews have been doing for, for centuries. And as they gather for that harvest, that's the same time then that God sends His Holy Spirit for the, for the eternal harvest. So there's a noise. And then there's the visual as it's described as all of a sudden coming within as a flaming fire, tongues of fire, and it separates and disperses itself upon all who were there. Approximately 120 had filled this room. What a sight to see it. To explain it? They couldn't. They couldn't. There's a response from the disciples. There's a response from those that came in. As they were ready and waiting, here comes the noise, here comes the visual, and then ultimately the verbal. The verbal. Holy Spirit working within the disciples, the early church, for them to be able to speak and to say and proclaim the goodness of God. That's available for you and I. That's available for you and I. Now, we've, we've caught up in this moment of celebrating and, and appreciating our graduates and their accomplishments, and we pray with them and for them for the future. Have we been role modeling to them the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working within us, in you and I, to be a voice of hope, to be a people of, of, uh, that celebrates the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in all that we do and say. We can't expect them to go and, and, and to be something in a sense that maybe the church has not been for them. Graduates, I hope we have done well. Forgive us when we have failed to be that for you as you go. Because that is the work of the Holy Spirit as the church comes together. And, and in this case, historically, that noise and that visual and that verbal, there is no question that there was something happening. And there should be no question in our hearts and our minds today that the Holy Spirit has come. And for the last 2,000 years almost, He's been there for us. And He's guided us. I thank God for His Holy Spirit. His presence. So the Holy Spirit comes and it's speaking a language 
for those who came rushing to see what was going on, speaking a language so they could hear the gospel in the comfort and security of their mother tongue or their language that they spoke where they lived. The language that they could hear. It, and, and you know, when someone speaks your language, whether it's the American language, whether it's Southern, believe me, you get in Kentucky, I, there, I have a problem with some of that language. And there's times I says, Lord, help me to understand and it, you know, but whether, and then you get into the foreign, and the foreign languages are coming to our communities. And we can step back and just kind of say, you know, you're in America, learn the American language, right? How many of you, you know, I ain't even going to ask you, but we've all probably been there. But think of the impact that you and or I can make upon someone where if God was to or we were to take the time to learn their language and then share with them the love of Jesus Christ. The difference it can make when the message is right to you, to your heart. And that's what's going on. That's what's going on. I, I, to me, there's nothing. There's there's no there's no glossolalia, you know, heavenly language going on here. It is a language for them to understand. It gave special attention, and in that, it drew people to the message. It drew people to the message, and that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us as a church and as individuals, so that people can be drawn to the message of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. The true work of God in the church is happening. And today we pray for that to happen in revival or in crusade or um, these movements of God. And as this all happens, what hap what's there? Perplexity on one hand and mockery on the other. Has anybody ever mocked you for sharing your faith? We're telling them about Jesus. My aunts and uncles told my mother to stop writing her letters of Scripture to their children, and not only to them. I had a funeral for an old, stubborn Russian individual in the community of Dassel. Um, his son was a part of the church. And I don't believe he had a relationship with the Lord. And I remember sneaking out the side door to come on around and go into the front door and catch people as they were coming out. Of course, a bunch of them had to come out and get their drags on their cigarettes while they were out there waiting. And I remember hearing, yep, hell, fire, and brimstone. To me, it's kind of like, praise the Lord. But for them, they were mocking. When we share the truth, there's perplexity, Ah, and then there's mockery. Both will happen, can happen, and, and, and do happen. Let's continue reading. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raising his voice, declaring to them, Men of Judea, Kirkhoven, 
all you who live here in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. Now, as I read this, is not a, don't take this as a fulfillment of Joel, but it kind of a, 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 a preliminary of, of things to come, but definitely a start of or picture of some greater things to come with the return of the Lord. Because these, Joel was more the final return of the Lord, but it just fits so much here. And, and so keep that in mind. This is just kind of a taste that, that Peter is talking about. And, and verse 17, And it shall be in the last days, the Lord says, that I shall pour forth my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even upon my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the skies above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor or smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be in that day that everyone who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Part of that is pictured as God poured his spirit. But church... These are coming. The day when God will pour his spirit out upon his church in a huge way, in a huge way, to usher in his return with signs and wonders in the heavens. Believe me, that's going to be scary without Jesus. That's going to be a time of question and fear, worse than COVID ever brought to many people. But when the the there's blood, yeah, when the skies are like as described here, it will not be a great day. A taste of things to come for the church, as then God's Spirit speaks. And it speaks then and it speaks now. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's you in the past or even today if you've never done it. To call upon the name of the Lord. That's what His Spirit is doing. And if you haven't been uh, called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I hope that the Holy Spirit right now is convicting you of your need of a Savior, your need of, 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 of forgiveness of your sin, and that you squirm and you have no sleep until you say, Yes, Lord, I call upon your name. That's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why we celebrate this day. Well, that's why I celebrate this day. A great and glorious day. More than that, that we honor of, of Memorial Day. Because something greater is here.
So let it sink in. Let's continue. Verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourself know. This man delivered up by a predetermined plan and the foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. And God raised him up uh, again, putting to an end the agony of death, just as it was impossible for him to be held in the power. Now, many of the Jews were caught with David and David's prophecies and David's psalms and David's writing. And Peter goes on by the Holy Spirit to say, this is not David, this is Jesus. So let's read then uh, uh, verse 25, um, where, David, where it says of David, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart shall be glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will abide in hope because they will not abandon my soul to Hades nor allow thy Holy One to undergo decay. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life and thou wilt make me full of gladness with thy presence. Again, David talking about Jesus. Verse 29, brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died, was buried, and his body is in is with us to this day. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to sit one of his descendants upon his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ and that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we all witness, therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of his Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heaven, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make mine enemies a footstool for thy feet. Therefore, let all the house of Israel, let all of Kirkhoven know for certain that the Lord has made him both Lord and Christ Messiah, this Jesus, whom you tried to get away with from by crucifying him. It's all about Jesus. All about Jesus. The Jesus who was with us at one point. The Jesus who was a man of God. A Jesus who was re rejected then and is still being rejected today. One who has been nailed to the cross because of your sin and my sin. But... God raised him. God raised him from the dead. As you remember David's story, it's not about David's life. It's not about his heroics. Heroics, yeah. Uh, David and Goliath and, and all of his campaigns. It was not about his life. That has eternal significance. But it's about Jesus. It's not about any other sacrifice that any 
man has made, even though it may have been for us and for our country and for our freedoms. It was about Jesus. Verse 36, it's for the church. Listen, God raised him up again to which we are witnesses. We are a testimony to a risen Lord, to a Jesus. And we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that still works within us. It is the Holy Spirit that still makes a difference. Does the Holy Spirit make a difference? Does, is the Holy Spirit still working? Well, some, uh, you know, two, three, four, five years later, um, the Holy Spirit, we see it very powerfully working as it continues. Uh, as we get to my text for today, no, I'll wait till next Sunday. But Acts uh, 16, in our journey, the Holy Spirit shows up some years later in a very special way, working through Timothy, working through the, the, the churches on the missionary journey. And, 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 and we're going to look at that next week to encourage us that we can keep on going. We can be on the road again with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The Comforter has come. In my mind and in my suggestions, the birthday of the church should also be celebrated as God raised us up to have a birthday, to be born again, empowered and strengthened with the hope of eternal life and our forgiveness of sins. Father, I thank you for what you have given us. And Father, yes, I know I say it a whole lot, and maybe some people are tired of hearing that. But Lord, you will not take a vacation this summer. You will be with us. Guaranteed. You will not leave us nor forsake us. Your Holy Spirit will empower the message of Jesus Christ. We are witnesses of these things. We are testimonies of these things. And the salvation of our community can happen right now. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. And let the gifts, these gifts, to us be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This message was brought to you by the Kirkoven Evangelical Free Church of Kirkoven, Minnesota. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please email us at kirkefree at gmail.com. That's K-E-R-K-E-Free at gmail.com.